Hello, and welcome back to the Bookish Besties, where we talk about books and occasionally their film adaptations. We're your co-hosts, Seher and Taya. In this week's episode, we'll be discussing Crooked Kingdom, the second book in the Six of Crows duology by Leah Bardugo. Just to let you know, this is not a spoiler-free podcast, so listen at your own risk. And with that, let's get into the summary. So where we left off at the end of Six of Crows was that the crows, they did not get their 30 million cougar for the job they did, and Inej was kidnapped. So basically at the start of the book, the rest of the crows are basically trying to organize and come up with a plan to one, rescue Inej, and also get their money back, and that's really what they're doing throughout the whole book. Just more, not exactly heisting, but they're trying to get that cash and Inej, which they do eventually. And by the end of the book, they do eventually all get their money, and they all split up and do their own things. Basically, Inej doesn't trust Kaz. Kaz doesn't trust Jesper. Jesper doesn't trust Kuei. Matthias finally trusts Nina. Kuei looks like Wylan, and Wylan hates his dad. That's basically what happened. Drama. I mean, Wylan always hated his dad, but yeah so review time so this book was definitely my favorite and like the whole shadow and bone trilogy and the six of crows duology it was the best written book and i think that's because leah definitely improved in her writing yeah and we can see that in this book and i just i really enjoyed seeing more of the characters like as in their backstories and their inner workings a bit more and i just thought the events of this book were pretty nice everything was paced out pretty well too. Usually with books that are from different point of views, I usually don't like them because what ends up happening is I'll get attached to one point of view and the rest of them are like blah. So I'll just be like trying to wait to get to that one point of view, but like I don't really care about any other character's point of view. So that was definitely different about this duology. I pretty much cared about all the characters. For me, I think this was also my favorite book out of all of Leo Bardugo's books that I've read because not only is it the Six of Crows characters which we've already kind of been introduced to last book but also there was a lot more that happened even if it wasn't all about the heist it was more about getting what they were owed and kind of almost revenge which I like to see from that because they still didn't give up even if when plans went awry too because a lot of times Kaz's plans they go awry but not this awry you know like he always has a backup plan and because he didn't really see this happening I really liked at the end of last book we got to see how he failed and how he's not perfect and no one's plans is perfect and no one could have known that this was going to happen so I really like that we got to see how that is possible and the crows can make mistakes which considering all the unbelievable things they go through you know I felt like it was very appropriate for them to make a serious mistake at the end of it and for them just trying to get through it throughout this one. Yeah, in general with books, the main characters at least. In this book, they're anti-heroes, but usually everything goes according to plan and if something doesn't, it's more like minor things that kind of just sets things off, but they usually get back on track pretty quickly. I feel like with this, it was like their whole thing was messed up because Inej was gone and they didn't get the money. That was like the whole plot of the first book. Oh my gosh, like when we thought that Wylan had spilled all of the plans for like a whole two chapters. Yeah. I was so scared. And then, turns out, no, he lied to us all. Damn, Wylan's a real one. (laughs) Yeah. Do we want to get into the show review? Well, we explained how we felt about the show in the first review, but some things I'd like to add on are that 
I don't think we mentioned before how much the timeline of Six of Crows and Shadow and Bone has changed due to the showrunners making it and like whoever you know made this stuff like in the same timeline because Six of Crows is supposed to take place like a lot after Shadow and Bone does. Two years. It doesn't take place two years? It takes place two years after the Shadow and Bone events. Really? Yeah. But yes it does change some events which I'm interested to see how they portray that if there's going to be a season two with like the plot of Crooked Kingdom and how they're going to portray it. They're not gonna do Crooked Kingdom. If they're gonna do a season two, it's most likely gonna be the second book in the Shadow and Bone series and the first book in the Six of Crows. They're not gonna put two books into one. So that's probably in a couple years. Uh, um, do you have anything you want to add on about the show? No, I'm done with the show. Like, the more I think about it, that just like, it was so overhyped. Honestly, the show, like, I was, I thought it would be good. And you know, it was okay, but like, compared to the book, not deserve all the hype that it gets. I don't think it was that bad. Really? It just... The writing and the plot, none of it made sense. Okay, I know in the other episodes, I've tried really? to seem like pretty chill with it. You know, I tried to be like, you know, it's all right, you know. But the more I think about it, like the worse it gets. Oh, okay. Like, I'm sorry. It was cool with the premise and stuff, but all of the good points of it was solely because of Leo Bardugo and the original plot. Like, they didn't add anything special to make this into a TV series. Like, nothing better happened because of it other than because it was on film. True, yeah. It's just kind of disappointing because, like, they had such a good opportunity. They had a completely new medium that they could have taken advantage of, but instead, they made this. <laughs> uh, plot? So one thing I also thought was interesting about this plot is, you know, we've seen in the last Six of Crows book that it was all centered around this heist and they were kind of chasing after their their money essentially well not it wasn't their money then but they were chasing after getting paid for this you know whatever and then for this plot i felt like it was much more exploratory of their stories and how they were kind of forced to go on this you know they i mean they were forced to go on the other one really but like kaz chose to to go on this and take the, his crew or whatever to get this money, whatever, to do the job. But then in this, you know, Anesh has been kidnapped and they've been wronged. So it was kind of them being like, well, okay, our story isn't over. We have to get going with this. And I really liked seeing them work under different environments too, because it wasn't completely all voluntary at that point. And then that was just the beginning really. And then it kind of formed into this other thing. And it was very interesting, especially to see how some of the crows, especially the younger ones that joined later developed, you know? Okay. I also, I found the ending to be pretty bittersweet because it was like finally the crows have what they want. Uh, Matthias is dead though, so rip, I guess. <laughs> I don't know, it just like kind of made me sad to see like everything come to an end because they finally have their stuff, they're finally rich, they can do whatever they want now. Yeah, but I also thought that it, their storylines have ended and that's why I don't want a third book. No, I don't want a third book either. I like the way it ended, it's just like sad, you know? It was. Yeah. It was but at the same time like i know a lot of people have been like oh i want a third six of crows book and i'm like what where where do you want that how would that take place there's literally no room for six of crows okay one thing you got to know about this episode but now we're re-recording it and i kind of feel bad so next time i'll learn okay so yeah speaking back to how matthias died how i did not like him in the last books really and i felt like just seeing his death it didn't really register to me how sad 
it was until after when I was like, his character was finally changing and he kind of grew and became this other person, really. He was just starting to do good, you know? And the fact that he wasn't able to do that just like was really kind of heartbreaking if you think about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I also I didn't I wasn't a huge fan fan of Matthias's character, but it was more so Nina's reaction to his death, which is like the thing that made me really sad about his death because of the relationship they had and how that was going to affect the crows. But because I didn't take like too much of like a personal liking to Matthias, I wasn't exactly like that sad about the fact that he died. Just more so how that like affects the other crows, and it's also just sad to think about how Matthias was planning because from the start of the six of crows to the end he changed a lot he had a lot of development the money that he had he was planning to go with nina and they had plans it was like helping others and stuff but it's just sad because like they had these big plans to do things and then he just died i was not as connected to matthias throughout these books but then okay as you said nina's reaction i definitely agree with you on that one and a lot more into the king of scars book because you don't just see like her immediate reaction you see like her reaction after a lot of time has passed and how she's still it's really difficult for her to move on from her relationship with Matthias because you know they were close and stuff and I feel like you know he helped her a lot through her addiction from the Judiparum too and like no one's ever lived through that so he, he was definitely a really important person in her life and who she is today as well like her own character development so it was kind of sad to see such like a prominent member in her life die and not so much like because he's a crow yeah definitely moving on to other characters who have big character development wylan wylan we love yeah. him Um, We spoke a little bit about him in last episode, but his character development in this one was so funny. Honestly, the Six of Crows just kind of seems like a comedy at some parts. Yeah, no, they're hilarious at some times. You're like, how is that allowed? Like, this is is life and death. Meanwhile, they're, like, making jokes in the corner and you're, like, laughing. Like, what are they supposed to do? Like, they're not all cats. They're not all cats. Except, okay, Kaz is hilarious. Kaz is really funny. Like, unintentionally, he's not even trying to be funny, but he's just hilarious yeah naturally i literally have to stop quoting him too because every time i do people think i'm like insane not that there's many things i want to quote him on okay i just think it's ironic and funny yeah he has some concerning quotes but they make sense in the moment you know yeah if someone who's read it listened to i feel like they would understand and if someone hasn't, you'll probably just scare them. Yeah. Yeah, I think Wylan's character really developed, especially him just, like, promoting violence, I guess. But another thing that led to Wylan's character development was his mom and how he found out that she was alive. And then, honestly, okay, his stepmom, Al- Alias, I don't know what to, how to feel about her because she's, like, She's really sweet when she got kidnapped, but at the same time, like, I don't forgive her for, like, also disowning Wylan, you know? And I think that that's also a little for love. But his journey of finding out about his mom, I think, really helped his character development. We've kind of already talked about how Nina's character development happens through Matthias, but just within her own. You know, she's struggled through addiction, too, and we kind of, from her perspective, we get to read a lot about how it affects her and how she's really lucky to have a support system, even if it's the crows, because Inej was always there for her Matthias was always there for her and you know even even Kaz all right he was there he did his part you know Mm -hmm. to help her and I feel like without such a a good community or whatever holding her up I feel like she would not have made it through that 
and Inej's character development. Oh, this is kind of sad if we're gonna talk about that, but um... Uh, her backstory? Well, her backstory's sad, but no. When she was originally kidnapped and they were gonna break her legs and she was like, oh no, Kaz wouldn't want me after that because I'm useless to him. It was just so sad to hear because mm-hmm. like we've read from Kaz's point of view, so we know, you know, he'd probably never do that. But there was still like the point at the back of our heads where we were like, would he though? Would he really disown Inej if she broke her legs and wasn't able to do the job? I feel like we kind of learned about Kaz's humanity almost through this. Yeah. As much humanity as he has, but just because he wouldn't do that, okay? Because <laughs> then he he says this whole sappy thing to, to her. We can tell, like, at this point in the book, from Inej's point of view, she's not really sure at all about how Kaz feels about her. Like, it seems like Kaz cares about her, but then also Kaz will never say anything to her about how he feels. So then she doesn't know how to exactly feel about that. And because he can be, I guess, so stoic and like emotionless sometimes, it's really hard to tell what he's thinking. But then we can tell from Kaz's point of view that, I mean, he does like her and everything. He's just not sure like what to say. And then because it's like not something he just like does, you know? Yeah. Kaz and Inej's relationship um, in this book did increase a little, you know, the the scene where he was like, he, he kind of, okay, I guess we're moving on to Kaz's character development, but Kaz really pushed his boundaries for Inej in this one as much as he could, you know, with the end of them holding his hands and prior to that, you know, the scene where he's um, bandaging her arm or whatever, yes. you know, the bathroom scene. Mm-hmm. And we've learned that the last time he did that he had like a panic attack so he has like severe stress and anxiety around doing things like that and the fact that he voluntarily Mm -hmm. did that for Inej I feel like really showed that he was willing to try to yeah it shows that he's willing to basically break his boundaries and do things that he feels uncomfortable with in order to like protect and take care of Inej yeah or at least push them which I felt was nice, and then also at the end how their relationship was kind of left open, which I liked as well, and how they were like holding hands, so he did take off his gloves for that, and even if they didn't get together, even if it wasn't like, ooh, they're together, I still like that because Kaz has shown throughout this book that he is really willing to push his boundaries for her, but at that point, it is not the right time, and I feel like it's important for them to kind of go their separate ways, and if they find themselves back in the Ketterdam together or wherever, I feel like then they can try that, but it was obviously not the right time for them to be together because he still pushed his boundaries, but it still was not enough, and then also, it kind of came to a closure, you know? You know when they were leaving and it was just like it wasn't fair for him to demand her to stay especially because she was ready to live her own life yeah exactly like they liked each other they cared for each other but they also had their own lives outside of crows and what they're doing currently but i do think that the part of the reason why they were able to let each other go and able to go on with the rest of their lives was because of how much they loved each other yeah so they knew like this would be the best thing for each other which is why they weren't so consistent or like pushy on like staying with each other oh let's talk about jesper's character we got to see a lot of his backstory pretty much all of it we got to meet his dad 
Okay, that was the best. Honestly, okay, I loved their dynamic too because Jesper's childhood was not like Inez's and Kaz, you know? And I feel like his dive into crime or doing bad things, well, not really Inez, but you know, Kaz, or Kaz really, that compared to Jesper, he kind of started that a bit late. You know, he grew up on a farm, which was probably pretty isolated, you know, farm. And then him moving to the city, which really kind of fueled his gambling addiction. So we kind of got to see his interactions with his father after his father was like, wait, you're in a gang. You're not actually in college. And then also I loved how like, remember when Kaz and Jesper were fighting and then his dad came in, he was like, stop that. And they stopped. I was like, oh my God, that's so funny. Um, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, that was funny. But I do think Jesper also had some nice character development, as we can see by like the end of the book. He's definitely more responsible and um, is taking more accountability of his actions and is trying to become a better person. Ooh, also, I want to talk about Matthias and Inej. I just think it's funny. Like, from we can see in Matthias's point of view, like, he looks up to Inej and respects her a lot and idolizes her in a way. Yeah. But then it's we so see, funny. yeah, and then what happens is that from Inej's point of view, she doesn't even acknowledge his existence unless he's like actually there. Besides that, she's never thinking about him, which is just so funny. It is. Oh, also, and then I just want to talk about, like, how smart and nice Yeah, is. she's, like, up there with Kaz, like... And the way that Kaz is, like, really intelligent and with making plans and everything, Inez is just such a wise person. Yeah, she has a lot of, like, unfortunately, like, life experience, too. So she seems almost like an old person, like, with her knowledge, you know? And I feel like also because she kind of sunk into the shadows, you know, introverts, whatever, they listen more. So she heard a lot of things, she saw a lot of things, she experienced a lot of things, etc. But she really kind of learned from those experiences and knowing her character, she's really open to learning and to absorb more information. And I feel like that's kind of also part of her character. Yes, like my favorite friendship and like the Six of Crows was Ina and Inej. Their friendship was so cute. Okay, well, on to themes. Theme time. So I think a really big theme is trust in this one, or the lack thereof, you know, or because originally we see how Inej doesn't trust Kaz to keep her on if they if they break her legs. We also see how Kaz, you know, doesn't trust Jesper because in the end of last book, it was revealed that all of their plans could have been foiled because of Jesper's gambling addiction. It could have ended before it began, and so he kind of didn't trust him throughout this book and it was really hard for him too because Kaz also views Jesper as almost like a brother figure you know when he calls him Jordy and I feel like okay back to kind of character but Kaz has like some issues with brotherly figures in his life because when he talks about Jordy it's like in this weird endearment way but also blames him like he's so angry with him not just because he ruined his life but because he died and that he left him all alone like it, it's just the way that he talks about him is just kind of concerning really because you're like he's so angry with him and he doesn't forgive him and then we also see how Jesper he trusted him and then he doesn't and I think because of his previous example as Jordy being his brother and where Kaz trusted Jordy and then which it isn't even his fault but I think it shows how like where his issues come from you know 
because if Kat just saw Jasper as another crow, Kat's not being able to trust Jasper would be one thing. He would have kicked him off, let's be honest. Yeah, but Kat seeing Jasper as another version of Jordy just makes it hurt more for him because of how those events kind of reflect each other. I also feel like, I mean, there's other smaller forms of mistrust besides Inej not trusting Kaz and Kaz not trusting Jasper. Like, I mean, nobody really trusts Koei. It's kind of sad. And then also how Wyland didn't trust his dad before, but he certainly doesn't trust him now because of the way that he back backstabbed him, especially like literally talking about him while he was there, while he was disguised as Koei. It was like, oh my god, could this get any worse? Going back to how I really liked that there was only two books and how kind of their stories ended and they all parted their ways, I feel like because the last book, especially Six of Crows, was all about this heist, right? And then this book was really about the heist going wrong and all of their lives have been really high stress. So the fact that people are wanting another book, you're like, why? Why would you want to put these characters who have already been through so much? We've already seen how M Matthias died and how these characters aren't immortal. Like, with Matthias's death, we learned that these crows aren't invincible and that these characters can really die and they can face consequences in multiple situations. So it made it much more realistic, I guess, as much as a fantasy novel can be. So it was very important for that to happen and I feel like it would just be weird for them to have a third book. Relating to just uh, going back to Matthias's death, I also feel like Matthias, like, thinking about how the events of the book went and and, like how the hypothetical events of like after everyone got their money and is leaving to do their own thing it kind of makes sense that Matthias was the one to die like the thing is I just don't see any of the other members of the crows like dying at the end of the book and I don't think it could have like like writing wise could have wouldn't really make that much sense yeah if there was a third book how do you think that the third book would be introduced I'm not really sure because I don't exactly know how the events would work because like everyone split up and everything okay you know those like random plots that are like it and stuff right oh yeah yeah like how like the the second movie was like all of them like older or like later in life being brought together to do one like final mission and the tv series yeah i don't okay i don't think leah would actually write this out like what we're talking about no. but like it's just like funny to think about it like one of these like stereotypical like plots so like how do you think that would work out if something like that was gonna happen um i feel like there'd have to be one character that would bring everyone together yeah there's always that one character and i feel like it would be wylan because he's like the youngest too yeah. well either that or kaz but kaz is kind of busy doing his own life usually the person that's bringing everyone together is kind of like the outcast in a way and the thing is i don't really see because kaz now has like another gang and everything like from what we know that he's getting another gang so i'm pretty sure he's not really going to be trying to bring the old crows back together but i think it makes sense for wyland to do that because he's kind of like a mini crow he's a mini kaz let's be honest oh yeah, yeah mini kaz that's what i meant and he's already with jasper yeah unlike everyone else so like i guess that makes it like easier leeway to actually like start uniting everyone i also feel like kaz is secretly sentimental and like wouldn't want to go hunt down anej i feel like he'd be like she would probably get mad at why is he hunting down anej no if kaz would be the one that would find everyone i feel like it wouldn't be him because he'd also have to 
like talk to these people who he hasn't seen in a while. I feel like he'd be too embarrassed to do that or something because he's like, we kind of just like left it off as we're never going to see each other again, saying sentimental goodbyes. And I'm not exactly sure how to go about this situation, especially when I'm in love with you. So seeing you after like so long and then just being like, hey there, come with me. He's probably just not up to that. Would Wylan go back to the Crow Club? Is that where they meet? Because I feel like Kaz would be livid if Wylan just showed up with like Jesper and like Nina. He would, I feel like they would leave Kaz out of their plans until they met up. I think this is kind of the next plot because like the next plot point in these stereotypical movies are like they bring everyone together and because Kaz was the leader of the old group, I feel like he's kind of going to be the outcast of the new crows if that makes sense because he's the leader of a new gang. <gasps> yes! Like many sticks of a crows gang. And then there's, like, all the, like... The originals versus the... Yeah. Oh, no. I thought they'd be, like, merging and the old... I feel like it'd be really interesting to see who Kaz recruits before. That's the only thing I want to see about the new book. Yeah. Is, like, who he choose because would he choose the equivalent? Would he choose... I feel like he'd be picking people with completely different skills. Yeah. But then he also needs some of the skills. Like, he needed Inej's skills. He needed... Well, he needed everyone's skills, really, but... Yeah, but I do think he'd be able to form a new game with like different types of skills oh yeah oh yeah i was gonna say what if like the plot point was that they're both like they both had to go on a mission except they were both going on the same mission if that makes sense <gasps> that would be like so the cool. ogs and like the newbies the new crows like they both have to complete the same task well how would the old crows be together though or would wylan like bring them together and leave kaz out of it yeah because kaz is already like doing his own stuff i feel like nina wouldn't agree to this because of after what happened to Matthias. Yeah, she's not coming back she's... to the truth. If Wyland Jasper will somehow convince Nina. If it wasn't dangerous. I hope there's just not a third book at all, but this better not be the plot. We haven't really talked about Inej, what her place in the story would be. You know how there's always that one member that can never like be found and they have to like find them like halfway through the story? <laughs> I feel like that person's yeah. Inej because one, basically she's in the middle of sea and she's a slave catcher and also because she's like really sneaky and stuff i don't think she'll be easy to track down unlike everyone else oh my god she'd totally be off grid like anej is already a badass but imagine boat anej like been on a boat for a while she's gonna be so oh my gosh pirate anej wait it would be so much better there needs to be fan art for that i need to see pirate anej <gasps> pirate Inej like with her Literally. knives and stuff and like with a sword or something yes and like with a pirate stuff on oh my gosh she'd be like Nikolai the parallels except not rich and well kind of rich I mean Nikolai was just like going around doing random boating stuff while Inej is and he was undercover actually has a purpose yeah Inej I mean is no actually hates, doing like... something out on the sea Nikolai was just kind of roaming around you know, having the time of his life, I guess. Okay, this is really off topic, but I can't believe the Darkling didn't recognize yeah. Sturmhond. How does he not recognize him? That was like from last book, but whatever. I mean, he probably matured and stuff and looked different. He didn't mature. He was like 18. Well, okay, well, he probably left the palace like a few years before that or something. Because yeah, we... but that's also with like Shatter Me too. Like, you don't recognize, you're 17 and you don't recognize someone when they were 14. Oh, by the way, we're in What Would You Do? So, we've already discussed what we would be if we were crows or what position we would be but what would you do with the money in this book that you finally got uh let's see i would be an accountant that's boring <laughs> you just 
You were just a crow, <laughs> and now you're gonna live it down and be an accountant of all things? No, I'm gonna invest. You don't even need, like, a job. I mean, as long as you're not wasting your money and stuff. But you can probably live comfortably without, like, working a job. Especially since it seems like in this universe, if you're just, like, living, you're probably just gonna die or something by, like, 50. I don't know. Yeah, I wanna know what, like, the age thing is. Like, the... Like, I, I want to know by, like, what age do, like, common people die? Common people? Because of sickness and common stuff. Common people? Yeah, it's not like rich or, like, like royal people. Like, old, like they're going to grow old because they have the reason. I'm just talking about, like, the randos. Like, I'm a rando. You'd be a rando. I'm just talking about... Well, I'd be an accountant rando. Thank you mm, very much. Good luck making a living, I guess. <laughs> You're rich, what is this? I'd invest some of the money, shush, I'm talking, and I'd keep some of it and just like spoil myself, not in like spoiling, spoiling myself, just like living comfortably, which would- What does that mean? You just buy a bunch of junk? You're gonna become a hoarder? No, because if you're a crow and you've been living like in poverty and like pain for the majority of your life and then you get really rich, then like living a comfortable life is like, I guess kinda in that point of view, spoiling yourself in a way. And I feel like I'd want to open a shop of some sort. What what store would you open up? Wait, 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 wait. What if, what if I opened a bookstore? You know, oh my god, a bookstore would be such a good idea. We could open a bookstore together and then sell books. Okay, I have another question that, like, goes along with that. I also said we're gonna own okay, a bookstore together, so fun. you're gonna have to deal with that. What type of books do you think each crow would read? Starting with Nina. Nina, okay, that's difficult. I feel like classics? I feel like she could read classics if she wanted to. I feel like she'd read screenwrites. Yeah, I could see that. Like, for plays and stuff. So, like, classics and playwrights. And poetry. I feel like that's what she'd read. Oh my god, she would read poetry. I feel like... Okay, Matthias would also read poetry. I feel like he'd just read it, like, for the sake of Nina, like, her being like, oh, I'm reading yeah. this poetry. And then he's like, let me read it so that he can talk to her about it. I don't think he's reading poetry on yeah. his own. Honestly, I think Matthias is going to be reading. He's either going to be reading, like, very wholesome, like, romances or, like... The unwholesome un romances? The, the very unwholesome ones. <laughs> just one or the other. Oh my god. He definitely seems like a sucker for romance. I could totally see him reading, like, a contemporary romance novel. But at the same time, I could also see him reading, like, complete smut. Yeah. Like, if Wattpad was a thing. Oh gosh. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Okay, then on to Wylan. I feel like, okay, Wylan can't read, but... We're gonna give him audiobooks. Yeah. That's like, so what genre? I feel like his reading would be pretty varied. Like, I don't think there would be any specific thing. He'd definitely be reading nonfiction. He'd, he'd be reading nonfiction, yeah. I feel like, because I feel like he'd just be trying to learn new facts and stuff, especially if they're, like, science or math related. Yeah. I mean, I also feel like Jesper would read to him. Yeah. And then also, Jesper? I have this weird inkling that Jesper would read, like, true crime or something, because, you know, he's always in it for the fun. I feel like he'd be reading mysteries. Yes! Like, romance romanticized mysteries i feel like he'd be reading like trashy like, yeah nothing like good novellas <laughs> or just stuff like that no. nothing nothing with like good plot or like anything that's like sentimental or actually music just things that are like really entertaining because he probably is like one of those people that thinks reading is for suckers or something yeah 
And then for Inej, I don't know, she's kind of difficult too because I feel like she would like nonfiction, but at the same time, I feel like she'd also like some like. Oh, oh I know fiction. what she like. What? I feel like she'd really like coming to age stories. Yeah. Yeah, I could totally see her doing that because just with her struggles to coming to age and I feel like it would be interesting to see that. I feel like she would she would also read self-help books. Yes, yes. She'd read yeah, she'd read coming to age stories and a bunch of self-help books. Oh god. <laughs> and because it's like she's helping herself and that's why she's reading self-help books i feel like if there's ever like any like crow events or birthdays or anything i feel like she'd be gifting the self-help books to everyone else oh like the ones that she's read or something that she doesn't need anymore she'll just gift them and be like help yourself <laughs> i feel like nina would really love those they could bond over their self-help books yeah jasper jasper would probably throw it away he'd be like honestly yeah i don't need that oh my god kaz though i feel like he would throw away all of the other like gifts that the other crows gave him but i feel like because it was a nez he'd probably keep it in like a little stack keep still wrapped in like the corner somewhere kaz would try to act like he's super offended like why are you giving me a self-help book not a gift but a self-help book in particular but then he'll actually keep <gasps> No, he would read it? Oh my god, I could totally see him like at night like annotating a self-help book that Inej got him. Yeah, just when he's like, uh, when he knows he's alone for sure, he just like goes through the book, reads it, and <laughs> just annotates it. it. But he will never admit that he's actually doing any of that. That'll be the day. That'll be the day when Kaz reads a self-help book and admits to it. Okay, I think I know what Kaz would read. What? I feel like, okay, Kaz isn't going to be telling anyone this. Kaz would be the type of person, just because of what he does and stuff, I feel like he'd read sci-fi. Yes. And, like, superhero comics. Do you think that works? A superhero comics? I feel like... Like, Marvel or DC or just, like, that kind of stuff. I don't know if he'd really... Because it's all, like, superhero-based, I feel like because he's, like, an anti... You know what he would like? He'd read The Watchmen and then, like, really connect with, like, Rorschach or like the comedian because honestly the comedian's an evil person let's be honest here but I feel like he would totally connect with these characters and be like wow <laughs> um, he probably also gets book recommendations from Nina for like morally gray main characters or something <laughs> and just to read them and stuff and being like hey I can relate not that he's like I'm a morally gray character <laughs> but yeah if he would read a book that had a morally gray character I don't think he would understand because all of the, th the problems with where like the character or the love interest or wherever is like morally gray some part of them changes so i feel like he'd be reading it be like great great he has a villain arc and then all of a sudden he like turns good for the, like the girl or whatever and he'd be like what is this crap why did you give this to me nina if there's like those cheesy tropes and that like always happen he'd probably be annoyed by that or something some people just read books to enjoy them and other people read books to like analyze the plot kind of like us like i mean you annotate and stuff but i'm I'm just like saying some people also analyzing the plot characters themes i feel like he's someone that would like take these books in he wouldn't exactly put himself into the characters or anything this is very specific like i have the most specific headcanons for him he wouldn't put them exactly into his shoes or put himself in their shoes i feel like i don't think he can do that right. uh thank you for joining us on this episode of the bookish besties we're your co-hosts Sahar and taya 
please make sure to stay connected on our social medias on instagram at the bookish besties underscore and on tiktok at bookish besties toodles Bye. Bye.